Part four of The Cave at Thundercloud by Mary Roberts Reinhardt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part four. Somehow, with the morning, our suspicions, if we had any, vanished. Mr. Muldoon had been up at dawn, and when we wakened, he had already brought water from a nearby spring and was boiling some in the tea kettle seen by daylight he was very good-looking he had blue eyes with black lashes and dark brown hair and a habit of getting up when any of us did that kept him on his feet most of the time his limp was rather better or his ankle that's what a little mothering has done for me he said gaily over his coffee and mackerel it's a long time since i've had anyone to do anything like that for me but surely your wife began tish he started and changed color we all saw it my wife you've got a wife and two children haven't you he looked at us all and drew a long breath ladies he said i see some of my painful history is known to you may i ask is it too much to beg that that we do not discuss that part of my life tish apologized at once we could not tell from what he said whether he had been divorced or had lost them all from scarlet fever whichever it was i must say he was not depressed for very long although he had reason enough for depression as we soon learned it's like this he said they know i'm here in the glen the outlaws i mean the red-bearded man naismith has sworn to get me get you from aggie shoot me the other three all owe me grudges too but naismith's the worst he's just out of the pen i got him a ten-year sentence for this very thing robbing an express car ten years i exclaimed you look as if you hadn't shaved in ten years he looked at me and smiled i'm older than you think he said and anyhow he got a lot off for good behavior it's outrageous the discount that's given to a criminal for behaving himself he got i think i am right when i say yes he was sent up in o seven he got seven years off his sentence we all thought that this was a grave mistake and tish whose father was once warden of the penitentiary observed that there was nothing like that in old times and she would write to the governor about it tish has written to the governor several times the last occasion being the rise in price of brooms it's like this said mr muldoon they've got the glen guarded there's a man at each end and the rest are covering the hilltops a squirrel couldn't get out without their knowledge i might have before i got this leg but now i'm done for oh no we chorused it amounts to that he said dejectedly they've been watching you women and they're not afraid of you as long as i stay in the cave here i'm safe enough but let me poke my nose out and i'm gone it's an awful thing to have to hide behind a woman's petticoats we could only silently sympathize it was bright and clear that day the sun came out and tried the road below it would have been a wonderful day to go on but none of us thought of it as tish said here was a chance to assist the law and a fellow being in peril of his life our place was there even had we doubted mr muldoon's story we had proof of it before noon 
a man with a gun came out on a ledge of rock across the valley and stood with his hands to his eyes peering across at our cave tish was hanging some of our clothing out to dry and although she saw the outlaw as well as we did she did not flinch after a time the man seemed satisfied and disappeared tish came into the cave then and took a spoonful of blackberry cordial as we knew her intrepid spirit had not quailed but as she said one's body is never as strong as one's soul her knees were shaking we put in a quiet and restful afternoon mr muldoon had a pack of cards with him and we played whist he played a very fair game but he was on the alert all the time at every sound he started and once or twice he slipped out into the thicket and searched the glen in every direction with his eyes he had asked us if the outlaws surprised us to say that he was tish's nephew charlie sands and to stick to it unless it's naysmith he said he knows me from that to calling us aunt tish aunt aggie and aunt lizzie was very easy at four o'clock we stopped playing with mr muldoon easily the winner and aggie made fudge for everybody late in the afternoon tish called me aside she said she did not want mr muldoon to feel that he was a burden but that we were almost out of provisions we had expected to buy eggs milk and bread at farmhouses and instead we had been shut up in the cave she thought there was a farm up the glen having heard a cowbell and she wanted me to go and find out go yourself i said somewhat rudely if you want to be shot down in your tracks by outlaws well and good i don't aggie called aside refused as firmly as i had tish stood and looked at us both with her lip curling very well she said coldly i shall go but if i get my neuralgia again from wading through the creek bottom don't blame me she put on her overshoes and taking a tin bucket for milk and her trusty rifle she started while mr muldoon was showing aggie a new game of solitaire i went to the cave mouth with her and listened to the crackling of twigs as she slid down into the valley she came into view at the bottom much sooner than i had expected having as i learned later slipped on a loose stone and rolled fully half the way down the next two hours seemed endless mr muldoon tiring of solitaire had rolled himself up in a corner and was peacefully sleeping with his injured foot on aggie's hot pillow aggie and i sat on guard one on each side of the cave mouth and stared down at the valley which was darkening rapidly tish had been gone two hours and a half and no sign of her when aggie began to cry softly she'll never come back she whimpered the outlaws have got her and killed her oh tish tish why would they kill her i demanded because she's trying to buy milk and eggs but because she knows too much aggie wailed we've found their lair that's why don't tell me this isn't an outlaw's cave it's just built for it they'll do away with her and then they'll come after us aggie never carries a secret weight in her bosom she always opens up her heart to the nearest listener this probably relieves aggie but it does not make her a cheerful companion 
eight o'clock and darkness came and still no tish i went into the cave and brought out my gun and aggie roused mr muldoon and explained the situation to him he grew quite white good heavens he exclaimed what possessed her anyhow to the farmhouse why they'll his face more than his words convinced us that the matter was really serious he examined aggie's revolver which he mostly carried in his hip pocket and going to the mouth of the cave listened carefully everything was quiet the cave and both sides of the valley were in deep shadow but over the ridge of the camel's back across from us there was still a streak of red sunset light mr muldoon looked and pointed against the background of crimson cloud a man's figure stood out clearly he was peering down toward us although in the dusk he could hardly have seen us and he carried a gun mr muldoon smiled faintly well they've spotted me i guess he said i'd better move on before i get you into trouble they won't hurt women why don't you shoot him aggie asked it would be one bandit less if you do arrest him and he gets nearly all his sentence off for good behavior he'll be out again in no time doing more mischief but at that moment we saw the man on the hill throw his gun to his shoulder and aim at something moving below in the valley aggie screamed and i believe i did also tish cried aggie he's shooting at tish and at that instant the bandit fired he fired three times and the noise of his gun echoed backward and forward among the hills we thought we heard a yell from the valley then the next second there was a faint crack from below and the outlaw's gun flew out of his hands mr muldoon's jaw dropped did you see that he said feebly did you see that shot the outlaw disappeared from the skyline and perhaps ten minutes later tish crawled up to the cave and put down a tin pail full of milk a glass of jelly wrapped in a newspaper and a basket of eggs aggie fell on her and cried with joy be careful of those eggs tish warned her that outlaw charged me forty cents a dozen you gave him a good fright anyhow said aggie fondly fright when you shot at him oh that one i'm talking about the woman at the farm and the one on the hill over there oh well he fired at me and i fired back that's all with an air of exaggerated indifference tish swaggered into the cave and took off her overshoes hurry up supper ag she said never before or since has she called aggie ag i'm starving she said she had heard little or nothing she had found the farmhouse had bought her supplies from a surly woman and had come away again asked by mr muldoon if she had seen any men she said she had seen a farmhand milking that was all except the outlaw on the hill but under her calmness tish was terribly excited i could tell it by her glittering eyes and the red spot in each cheek manlike mr muldoon did not see these signs he ate very little and sat watching her fascinated only once however did he broach the subject i had no idea you were such a shot miss letitia he said it that was a marvel oh i shoot a little said tish coolly only for my amusement of course mr muldoon made no reply he was very thoughtful all evening 
did not care to play whist and watched tish whenever he could furtively tish herself was in an exalted mood but not about the shot she was modest enough about that and with cause months after she told us how it happened she said she was carrying the eggs and milk with her left hand and had the gun in her right when a shot struck a tree beside her she was so startled that her finger pulled the trigger of her own rifle which was pointed up with the result we know of she would probably never have confessed even then had she not taken rheumatic fever and thought she was dying when mr muldoon went out to fix modestine for the night tish called us to the back of the cave i bought the milk and eggs she said hurriedly and having a dime left your missionary dime Aggie, i borrowed it i went back and bought a glass of jelly men like preserves the woman wrapped it in a newspaper and there is a full account of the robbery and of muldoon being after the outlaws he's after the outlaws but he's after the reward too they're quoted at a thousand dollars he can have the thousand dollars for all of me said aggie a thousand dollars said tish a thousand dollars to hand in to the church as the return from your missionary dime and if we don't get it muldoon will as soon as he can get about on his leg he'll cease being hunted and begin to hunt why should he have it he has plenty of chances and we'll never have another that was all she had a chance to say muldoon joining us at that moment we retired early but i did not sleep well i wakened from time to time and i could hear tish stirring next to me at last i reached over and touched her can't you sleep i whispered don't want to she whispered back i've got it all fixed lizzie we'll take those outlaws back to the city roped two by two it was a cool spring night but i broke into a hot perspiration end of part four